funny how Barcelona have decided that we'll move from manager to manager to gain success. Or we'll just do whatever it is we want. We'll run a, we'll be a poorly run football club and do all the things we want to do in this world. But don't worry, we'll just keep getting it at the managers. It's always going to be the manager's thing. Yeah. But not sense. to worry, guys. Um, I'll not be going through this and many more tonight. Like, anyway, welcome to another episode of One About Nothing Podcast. Tonight, I'll be joined by usual suspects in the house, Kuli. Thank yeah. you for joining me once again, Kuli. Yeah, thank you, thank you for having me. And I feel like since we last, since we did one last Thursday, so mm-hmm. much has happened. Yeah, it feels like a week like, is a lot yeah, these days. Yeah, like a lot has happened. I wish we could talk to you guys like every day. And discuss this is every day, but I'm not sure we have the capacity to talk to you guys every day as well. We locomote, if there's any word like that, or we move. So, speaking about Barcelona, <laughs> it's funny how Command has just been appointed manager, but potential president, potential candidates, potential presidential candidate Victor Hugo has made it clear as soon as Command was confirmed that it doesn't matter whether he's Command or co woman. As long as if he wins the election next year, it's bringing Xavi in. And if you're cool, man, how do you react to such a news? And as that's the, one of the, what you can see for Coleman is is always wanted to manage Barcelona. He has never hidden that fact, even though mm-hmm. everything it was. But I don't. Why leave now? I think he has taken the Netherlands to a fantastic position from. Missing out on Euros, missing out on the World Cup. Now they look like a strong. They look like one of the favorites for the Euros. And then you leave. You don't know that you just leave. You leave to go and join probably the most dysfunctional club in Europe at the moment. Well, I mean, Samus, are, we, are we are we considering the fact that Barcelona more dysfunctional than Manchester United? I actually think they are. Okay. The money, the money they spend is the waste more money. Even even Manchester United, which which says something. So congratulations oh. to Edward Woodward. It's not. It's probably not the worst. <laughs> See you out there. But the thing is, when you know that I, for Koma, you know that in 10 months' time, he might probably leave. Of course, he might possibly leave again. So it's just like losing your two dream jobs in the space of 10 months, which makes, it makes little sense. And everybody knows Barcelona's problem is not the manager. It's not the manager. I, the, problem, the problem might not be a manager, but I don't think Kikisetien was the right choice anyway. And I don't think sacking Valverde midway through the season while you are top of the table made sense as well. It's not that he's sacking the Bawadi, he was sacking without a plan. Yes. They went to Shavi, he said no. He went to Coleman, he said no. He went to Shavi, he said no. He went to Thierry, he said no. Then he went to Setien's farm to pick him up and say, how about you leave your farm work and come do this? Don't worry, we need the information so you can play. On the issue of Coleman, trust me, I don't care, I'm taking the job. There's no guarantee that you don't know when the Euros are going to hold. We're hopeful that the Euros are going to hold next summer in 2021. And for all the amazing work he has done with the Dutch national team, this is the, he's at his highest now. Take the job. It might be a risk. See, if you do well and a new president comes in, it's going to be very laughable for you to say, oh, that coach that has done well, let him get out. And the defense yeah, will not yeah, accept that. Is, and if even if you decide to... Go on, go on, go on. Okay, so if you do well, the president comes in and says, "Oh, you know what? I don't want you. I want my own guy." If you if you're successful, I don't think the players would be. If Messi is still at the club, I don't think Messi. I don't care who's the president of the club. Messi is the president of the club. I don't care who's the president of the bar. 
Messi is dependent on Barcelona. I don't think Messi will be happy with that. Oh, we just won with this manager. So don't tell me you're bringing another manager. You might as well see me leave the club immediately. So this idea about oh Xavi is in um somewhere in the United Arab Emirates or wherever in Southeast Asia, and the, this urge that okay as soon as he comes into the club he's going to turn things around. I'm sorry I don't get it. There's no planet where Xavi is a better manager than Ronald Koeman in terms of experience, worth of knowledge, and every other thing. So if I'm Koeman, I'm taking the risk. I, I want to see what I can do if I get it right as well. And let's not forget that Batomiu, despite the idea that it seems like okay, is a guarantee to um leave the. Um, leave his post as president. Human mind is very fickle. Six months changes a lot of things. Don't talk about a year. Next thing you know, Balusana is successful under Coman and Batome might just win the election again. So I, I might just take the risk. Yeah, but the thing is, it's not just that the potential new president might just come in and replace Coman, that he might replace, he might replace him with Shavi. And no matter the amount of goodwill Coman will gain, no matter what he does, I think unless he wins the treble. Fans will really snare that much once you get to the coma. Who, who are you bringing it right? Shazi. Even Messi won't really revolt that way because he has, he has a cut of personality, etc. etc. And regarding of the risk, let's take it. They are like a, you can you, you can you see the blueprints in case of uh, Lupetegi. Once he, when he bought the Spain and Madrid job in the space of six months, so. I, I, yes, it's a risk and it's a dream job sometimes. But that is good for it now. Like, he has done an amazing job with Sevilla. Yes, of course, Sevilla is not Real Madrid, but he has found his feet back. If Coman does well, and after one year, even if I bring in Xavi and he has to get out to come and coach the team, you move on to a better opportunity. Nobody's going to take the fact that you manage Barcelona, you manage Barcelona profile from your CV. Nobody. That's just how I say it. Anyway, it's talking about management or no management. Did Guardiola overthink what happened last week Friday? Did he go into the Lyon clash thinking, okay, I'll just think out with the squad, I'll try to nullify them rather than go with his best team and say, okay, this is who we are, let's just go do what we do? I think many people are pointing out that Guardiola has been overthinking games in Champions League since 2014. Because remember, in 2014, it was at Bayern, they lost mm-hmm. very much in the first leg, then what wanted to use, I think, 4 to 3 1, then listen to the players, mm-hmm. use 4 to 4, and they were absolutely demolished at home. I think since then, he has been trying something different. Like, he's almost spooking himself. I don't think he seems to realize that sometimes you can lose a game and that one of those things. You don't really have to try to outsmart as much the previous plan he used. Was the, pre- the previous plan has been working. And the worst part well, is that it's not that he overthought it, that the tactics didn't work at all. He had Cancelo as left wing back. And Cancelo is right-footed. He couldn't, he couldn't really okay. stress the play. And... Uh, what 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 can I had a very very poor game. Like if you are playing against Leon, it's no no disrespect to Leon, but if you are playing against Leon, a team like Leon, you shouldn't really mirror their tactic. Yes, that, that's why I'm thinking that you were attacking. Like I don't I don't understand you trying to look like Leon. Leon should be the team worried about Man City. And yes, let's not take away let's not dispute like let's not take away credit from Leon. They were absolutely outstanding. Organized. Uh, Osamawa was brilliant in the middle of the park. The decision to bring in Musa Dembele worked. Marcel Kone seems to be a constant turn in Manchester City's flesh. And it begs the question of... Now, since I complain about the fact that the second goal should have been 
ruled out for a foul on Laporte, the Billy Clip Laporte, and everything. I don't know whatever it is that they are pointing to. If you ask me, Leon were outright winners, like fair and square. They won City fair and square. City just didn't bring it. You can point to Sterling's miss all you want. It's easy to always point out that Sterling did this and didn't do that. I feel like the bulk of the blame lies at Gardner's feet. Yeah, de- def- definitely. Because the game plan was really... Was, what I feel for Guardiola is though, sometimes when it works, it's a, it's a game plan. It's, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes when it works, it becomes yeah, genius, etc, etc. It's great. That, and you could easily see that if Sterling has scored that goal and made it 2-2, they, they say definitely won't be, won't be a third goal from Lyon. And perhaps it would have gone through. Perhaps it would have made sense. But it's what the ends always have to justify means and narratives always change with the results yeah did um if they had gone through would you have taken them over bayern after i, I doubt that because if, if Guardiola spooks himself again against bayern if he has put himself again against bayern and then try to overthrow it bayern are not mm-hmm. the kind of team to bayern bayern will not miss chances unless he's good especially this, not this bayern side and they're riding on so much momentum as well as tactics so I think if they had got to the semi-finals, that would have that been the end for them. Sticking with the Champions League, um, I think it's safe to say the game we saw a few days back between RB Leipzig and um, PSG, between um, state-sponsored capitalism and corporate-sponsored capitalism, it was just... I feel like I have to blame Atletico Madrid for putting me through that pain. Leipzig just didn't bring it at all. They looked lost. They looked like they were never meant to be there. PSG just had it easy. I could probably have gone back to France, came back and still won that game. Leipzig were just poor. Of course, it has been a, it's been a fantastic achievement for the most hated club in the world of Germany, but I just feel like I can't look beyond Atletico. Atletico would have given PSG a bigger game to worry about. Yeah, definitely. I think Leipzig's biggest problem it wasn't that they were really bad, but as the goal they considered was almost of their own making, particularly the second and third goal. They were just poor, they were slack, they were very disorganized, unlike the Leipzig we have been seeing. Uh, yes, so yes. It was, it was weird. And I think one of the weirdest things was that Milana after the game didn't really criticize his players that much. I thought I thought we were much angrier because the performance was because this is a team that is built on this is a team that is built on a particular system. Not on the players, like they have this ability to slot in and slot out players. Like the system has worked wonders for them, and or what have you. So they just they just didn't turn up. Like, and in a way, I feel like the result flattered PSG. Obviously, having Mbappe, Neymar, and Maria on the pitch is amazing. Verratti coming in the second half, like players returning to full fitness. If you had to stick your neck out, do you expect them to be crowned champions come Sunday? I just, I just feel like, and in one sense, say yes, Bayern Munich, but I just, I just feel like there's something that makes me feel PSG might just need this. Like, I'm not even not really on a logical term or anything because yes, it's a knockout, it's one of, and you could argue that they have the best attack in the, in Europe. You could actually make that. Um, Leon, Leon exposed a lot of flaws, um, regarding. Uh, Bayern's high line system yesterday, like they were able to run in behind. Leon just lacked that quality and the cutting edge in front of goal. It probably could have been a different game. I, I, I expected that even if they scored, they would have taken one of those chances. I expected Bayern to respond. But it just seems like 
um, Bayern have too much. It's a it's a final game. Like it's just one game. Both teams are going to be cautious. And if there's anything um, PSG can take the advantage is the pace of Mbappe running in behind um, Bayern's high line and just be their weak, biggest weakness. But you never can tell. They might just retweak it. Retweak it like it will be it will be an interesting final for sure. That's what that's one thing I expect. And have you enjoyed the Champions League format so far? I feel like the one of has given it this World Cup feel that we've missed. Although I like the two legs, but this has not been bad as well. Yeah, yeah. Actually, yes. I'm actually really liking this one of format because the sense of jeopardy is better. And actually, I've actually been preferring the two legs over a while, particularly the away goals and whatnot. But these days, most people have complained that the away goals doesn't really make sense anymore. I don't really agree with that, but I get their point because the point of bringing in the away goals has lost has lost its relevance because. The Eagles were brought in because traveling was difficult back then. Traveling is not mm-hmm. that difficult anymore. But what me, mm-hmm. what I would say is, without the Eagles, for to me, it doesn't really feel. You need to really feel right Champions League. So if you want to do the Eagles, then just do the second legs. Just get it one leg. And one thing I continue, I'll continue to advocate for is getting rid of the group stages. Is I don't, I really don't see the point of the group stages. It's especially with the seeding system. Just it feels like organized cheating to me. What would you, if you are thinking getting the group stage, what would you use to replace the group stage? There are group stages in the World Cup too. Like, I feel like the group stages are important as well. Yeah, I think the group stages in the World Cup make a bit more sense because you might see, because it's, 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 there are 32 teams and they don't really have to, there are teams in Champions League too, but they don't really have to buy players, do all that. And the season is not, it's not like the one in, it's almost the same thing. Like if you're using that, if you're using FIFA rankings and UEFA coefficient rankings, it's practically the same thing. Because what UEFA does is pick the best, the top uh, seven teams, top five teams from five leagues, uh, filling the gap with two other teams, like top seven teams. And after that, as soon as you do that for the first seed, uh, the first um, seedings, subsequently you're going to use UEFA coefficient rankings to seed them. So that means the so-called big boys that have been playing well over the last few years in European competitions get the privileges to the same thing if you if you're in the World Cup and you're using um a FIFA rankings. We know that the FIFA rankings there's no way Uzbekistan are going to be top ten in FIFA rankings anytime soon. Yeah, but it's 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 not, the about just... the FIFA rankings that if yes, smaller things might not, but it's it's likely it's more likely to change than you have a professional ranking because you know the top teams are always going to be the top teams. The, the, yeah, the, the FIFA rankings changing is very slim. Like, it was a period where we had Czech Republic as number two in 2006 because they've done well from 2004 and they maintained that level of performance. They did well in 2004, qualified for the World Cup in flying colors and they maintained their rankings up until 2006. And as soon as they, um, um, how do I put it, messed the whole thing up at 2006, where they failed to qualify from their group stage, they, they fell back down. So the way I see it is, and let's not forget the fact that commercially, it is too viable. The UEFA Champions League has too many sponsors for you to say, okay, we're going to play it one off. UEFA will probably end up losing more money and more sponsors than they can imagine. And you finally played into the hands of these so-called big boys who might decide that, okay, I think it's time for us to create our own European Super League. What do you think? Like, So UEFA are working on a very, very tight rope at this point in time. Yeah, I think, I think that's the only reason why this it's not, it's not because of the financial motive because once you play knockout from early on and then by September, Real Madrid and Manchester City are out. Sponsors will be like, no, 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 no. 
we can't and even even see we've had we've had incidents whereby teams like Man United or Chelsea have fallen to Europa League, whereby some teams have even failed to qualify from the group stage. Even in Taiwan, the Europa League semi-finals, we'll probably get to get get on them later. I've found a way to mess it up from their group stage and they they finished third and found themselves in the Europa League. So I'm all for the this knockout system has been interesting, but let's not forget that there's a reason why we love the away goal rule. Like as even as even as far back as even as early as last season, I beg your pardon, we get we the quarterfinal clash between Spurs and Manchester City. Up until the final kick of the game, it was still a tense affair, despite the fact that it was played over two legs. So we've loved the Champions League for the two legs few that we have, and hopefully, I can't wait for the two legs thing to return. This has been interesting, but trust me, I feel like not even more. It's just sometimes it's just getting into it. We like the World Cup and the Euros for what they offer in terms of one-off games. But the Champions League is just unique in its own way. That's just how I say it. Um, speaking about Europa League and Champions League, like somehow Europa... Um, how do I put it? Sevilla are tied to the Europa League one way or the other. Two under you and the Ramos in 2006 and 2007. Three under Unai Emery. They won five in the last 15 years or thereabouts. And they look like, um, how do I put it, fairy tale favorites for Sunday. Actually, they see me as favorites for the for this final. Actually, see Inter as the favorites for this game because perhaps they, they have a bit more quality than Sevilla. But the thing is, really, you can't arguing against Sevilla in the Europa League is, is very is incredibly dicey. They are games where yeah, it's they, too haven't, dicey. they haven't really been the favorite, but they won. Because, because that would, that's what they do in Europa, like they win. Mm-hmm. The, the, um, and the issue is, another thing is, which Inter will turn up? Is it the Inter that played against Shakhtar Donetsk? That was ruthless, very efficient, very effective, like a proper well-oiled machine. You expect that Inter to roll over Sevilla. But which Inter will turn up? Is it the, or the Inter that struck it against Hetafi? So you Inter as inconsistent as it gets. Yes, you can argue the fact that of obviously you're not Manchester United who Sevilla dispatch um in the semi in the semi was I don't even know why fans were surprised, like, oh you defeated Manchester United it was so difficult. They are a hapless team. Like Manchester United are the only top team in Europe that I see that go onto the pitch and tell themselves that let's just go. Like inshallah. Something yeah, is going to yeah, happen. And it seems like they are running on no momentum. That's the only thing that there's no real plan. It's just Yes, we even yes, keep winning. Don't change anything. And you could you could tell that Social is almost afraid to change this team. Like if I change this team, will they stop winning? So you just just keep using the same thing, using the same thing. And once Sevilla figured them figured them out, yeah, it was over. And once Sevilla figured, you, you just knew if, if any goal was going to come, it's going to be Sevilla. So, 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 yeah, so like once 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 Sevilla grew into the game and they were more confident because I remember Mourinho probably overthinks things like. Like sometimes he's naive and he's Mourinho, but he's intelligent at what he does. I can remember the um, 2018 when he kept talking about the heritage, heritage when he lost to Sevilla. There was this particular, um, in the first leg, actually tried to put Herrera on um, 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 Banega once Herrera got injured and he puts McTominay on Banega. What he wanted to do was make sure that do not let Banega dictate the pace of the game from that deep line rule whereby everybody he sees the old pitch and everything. Let's try and stop him. Let's try and control that aspect. My United just go into the pitch and be like, mm, just go. It's until then, for the life of me, I do not understand how a football club paid 50 million for Aaron Bissaka. I don't understand. Okay, you understand that he has long legs and he can he make slight tackle. 
he can't play football to save his life. Going forward is a no-no. Like it, it, it is just I, I don't get it. it and the, when you ask the United Iraqi, they will tell you, mm, we scouted over three hundred right backs on Shahid Arama because Saka is the best of them all. Hell no. Like building going forward, like building up, it seems like he doesn't know what fit to use, not comfortable playing the ball. It might be good defensively, yeah, but we're playing football here and playing as a fullback these days is more than just even as a centre back, it's more than just being good defensively. Yeah, and you could say that it will affect United in attacking front. Because if you are Manchester United, they are going to spend most games on the front foot. They are going okay. to have to break down teams. So you need, you need to stress the play. You need your full-backs as forward as possible. You need creativity up front. United have none of those things. Once you limit them from running, or you find a way to lock up, put Fernandez in the box, it's, it's done. Best yeah, best it feels like... Shooting from distance and that's just it. So I think and this idea that I, I, I don't understand why you would tell Ojai Gallo to stay for an extra six months or stay to January. And for the life of me, you wouldn't even bring in him when you're looking for goals. Sometimes you wait till like the 93rd minute or the 92nd minute. For God's sake, he offers you a different dimension. I've never been a manager before, but I know that if you're trying something for about 17 minutes or 75 minutes and it's not working, you might want to try something else and be like, okay, let's try something else. Yeah, and that's what I've been, that's what I've been saying. Over since social, it doesn't really learn anything from games. Not as in defeats don't really inform anything from me. Once they lose, once they're losing the game, once they lose, yeah, we've lost the game. We'll try the same thing next game. We are going to, we are probably going to win. Which is why I think yes, United will be nicer. United will be nicer and all. They will probably beat Manchester City next season. Beat Chelsea. They will, they will, they will hardly be more than third or fourth because there's no, there's no evolution in the team. I hope they... Anyway, the reason they finished third, if you ask me, is because of how poor the rest of the league was at some point. And the, how, the way Leicester just completely fell apart. So that's that's just the way I say it. Like, that's the only reason. So it's interesting to see what they do next season. So I feel like you're going with Sevilla as, favor, as favourites for Champions League and then PSG as your, as your favorite to take the whole to I said I feel, I feel like you're going with Sevilla as favorites for the Europa League why PSG for Champions League I'll tell you go with Inter and PSG okay anyway the way I see it is I mean the best team win talking about deciding the best team or best team yeah on the issue of best team apparently David Silva woke up after agreeing with Lazio and decided that, you know what the best thing for me is not Lazio. I have to go to Sociedad. They might have a plane, a medical, a hospital waiting for me over there in Rome, but I don't care. I'm on my way to Spain. As in, Iglitare, who's the sporting director for Lazio, was absolutely livid. Absolutely livid. They didn't see this coming at Stadio Olimpico. At all. And apparently, I think it was a secret meeting with Sociedad in wow. the first place, which is also weird. But actually, I'm actually off. I'm actually for Silva joining to Sierra because feel like feels like a better fit for him. Yes, I'm sorry to Lazio and they have to be collateral damage. But if if you watch to Sierra last season, they had they had some really good young players. At the first start of at the first half of the season, yes. The later part of the season, they just didn't look like it for me. They just looked like they just fell apart for yeah, me. But, yeah, but at the first time of the season, yes. Because they had, they had young players, the 20-year-old, the Isaacs, the Odegaards. Odegaards. They couldn't really keep up. They couldn't really keep up the second half of the season. But now, if you have someone that experienced as David Silva, perhaps... I feel, I, 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 I prefer... La- okay, I prefer Lazio for him in the sense that 
a new country, a new challenge, Champions League football next year, Lazio being on the brink of good things. I thought Lazio would have made more sense, but apparently it seems like the missus told him we were going back to Spain and he took his family back to good weather. Um, moving on to other sports, like the NBA playoffs have started and are kicking on and are currently ongoing. Uh, we've had a few shocks already. The Blazers, I don't think the Blazers still in game one from the Lakers is a shock to me anyway. I feel well, like I'm going to pick um, the Blazers for this series. The giant talk I saw was when I, when I, once I, when I came online a few days ago, I saw game one, Orlando, Orlando Magic at beating box. What, <laughs> why are Orlando Magic beating box? And I know that giant talk is, for some, for some reason, Pacers being too down at against the Heat is a big shock to me because it actually looked like Pacers was doing something nice this year, especially with TJ Warren. Look, yeah, look it looked like they were, going then, to, they were going Okay, how are And then I saw they were one down and they were two down. Like, no, 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 why is this happening again? Why, is, why are the Pacers doing this again? See, the only reason they finished ahead of Miami Heat and the regular stand is because Miami just lost focus at some point. I expected the Heat to finish higher than they did. Like, I had a fifth on the standings, but they finished fifth and they have to play the Pacers, like... Obviously, TJ Warren has been amazing, bro. And Victor Ladipo is just recovering from injury. He hasn't gotten back to his all-star level yet. And there's a limit to it. TJ Warren might have been amazing in the ball, but the players are different game entirely. Teams hone in on you. They prepare for you. They game plan for you. So you might have to do more. That's why the players are meant for the superstars, not just some random players. And speaking about the box as well, like anyway, they responded to your challenge. They're currently 18 points ahead of the Orlando Magic in third quarter in the second game. I expect them to take this game and even up the series. The Clippers are also even up with the Dallas Mavericks. Like, amazing, amazing game. I feel like the Mavericks were unlucky after they lost game one because, in my opinion, Christos Pozingis was unfairly ejected and they had to just switch down without him for majority of the game. And it was still a close game, nonetheless. But the way I see it is I still expect the Clippers to go through. I end up the Mavericks. Obviously, the Clippers are considered to be title favorites. They at least are not title favorites anyway. Yeah, but the Clippers will probably bottle it. I don't. I, I, for some reason, I just think they, they will bottle it. This is this is like this is this is a different Clippers. I'm sure if Kawhi has to work on stone and Paul George has to work on fire, they probably have to get this. Yeah, you probably, this you this probably is, say that because Kawhi is gunning for. Winning, champ, winning the championship with three, with a third defense side. Yeah, like, although, although, and winning although, three you, finals MVP. Although you know who is also going for that too, so that's, that's, that sounds very interesting. It sounds, sounds like a bad thing. And you know who has to overcome Portland? Because he spoke about Portland not being a regular, regular number eight seed. Like, obviously, if the Portland Trailblazers were healthy throughout the regular season, you don't expect them to finish it. They have too much talent to be found in eighth position. This is a team that was in the Western Conference Finals last year. So I don't even expect them to be in that position at all. And yeah, but for me, the biggest surprise has been when I saw the matchup between Houston and um, the Oklahoma City Thunder, Houston Rockets and the Oklahoma, I felt like, oh, this is a good matchup. Like homecoming for both Chris Paul and Russell Westbrook. Westbrook has missed the two games so far with injury. But guess what? The Rockets are comfortably winning. They lead the series 2-0. Two, two I, 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 I think I can see that over first. Not not even the most of the OKC fans really really put that much faith in them when things start to go wrong. But 
they are almost like Murphy's law. The team because everything, everything that wants to go wrong will go wrong at the same time. Will go wrong. But for a team that wasn't expected to make the playoffs this year, like Chris Paul and the Thunder have done a very very good job. Like, yeah, yeah, they are, they, yeah, they actually have because. Yeah, I I didn't expect. I I think I predicted after they traded Paul and so I think I predicted them to finish 13th or so because I expected that they were going to trade Chris Paul as well, move him on to other things. Then it was just everything was just going to be we're just going to start to rebuild afresh with um Sheikh just Alexander Oops, who looks like he's continue going to continue to improve like um with a lot of first round picks as well. But apparently, with Donovan is a very good coach and they're a very good team. Denver have even up their series. 1-1 against, um, sorry, Utah Jazz have even up the series. Never took a 1-0 lead, but Utah won the game yesterday, and it's it's 1-1 in that particular series. Over in the Eastern Conference, like we mentioned earlier, um, Orlando shocked um, the Milwaukee Bucks by taking the first game, but are currently leading the second game. So you expect that the Bucks will tie this one up. The Toronto Raptors are leading the Brooklyn Nets 2-0. That looks like it's going to be a formality. The Boston Celtics are leading the Sixers as well. So, you know, like, I don't know whatever it is that the Sixers are taking. Like, Ben Simmons is out in Jordan. Bid looked very frustrated yesterday. That's like, very, very frustrated. It just seems to me like the Sixers have just given up. Like, we'll just go home. And at this point in time, I'm surprised if they sack Brett Brown. I think they're probably no use to stretching themselves this thing. This is because normally, by this time, the season will be done and dusted. Nobody, nobody. Oh, but they've been in the playoffs in the last two, three years, so I don't even think it's about stretching yeah, themselves. But I don't think, I don't think they've, they've never really gotten real, that far. Cause last year, this was a team that lost in the semi-finals last year by courtesy uh, of Kawalena's um, shots that bounced four times. If that shot hadn't bounced and bounced and bounced, if they had gone to overtime, you never can tell if the Sixers would have taken out the Raptors before the Raptors eventually went on to win the title. So. A very good side, it just feels like they've fallen apart. They say, Yes, you can argue that okay, you're missing Ben Simmons, your second best player, your first player, first base player, regarding, regardless of how you see it. Um, they have just been very, very poor because Simmons might be out, but you still have Joel Embiid, who's a superstar. You have Alofford from our Stanley's League, you have Tobias Iris, who you paid five hundred and eighty million to for five years, who, who has been done well. And you have all these players, and you can't even show some kind of fights. At all, uh, nobody's. Of course, you're playing the Celtics. It's going to be difficult to win the series, but at least putting some form of effort. Anyway, all that seems to be going on in the clear now. So, I, like you mentioned earlier, Miami are currently leading Indiana Pacers in their series as well, two 0 So it just feels like um, everything in the East is pointing towards no upsets, unless the magic can somehow turn this around and take away the box. Yeah. So I guess that's that regarding the NBA. Um this recently like we've had people talk about the idea of what was what what why do you watch a movie? Are you watching a movie to critique the movie to make like to be very particular about the top class or you just want to watch the movie and enjoy it regardless of how bad it is to critics and other people? Yeah, people have been saying that because I saw that a while ago, I think two days ago or so. Well, sometimes say some people say yes. Sometimes movies are just comfort food, and well, it doesn't really have to be a masterpiece or be intense. Just want to, sometimes just want to enjoy it. And I actually understand that because last week was it last week? So I saw the East Man's Bodyguard for the first time. Okay. Yes, on a normal ground, that movie is probably six and five and a half or ten or six. 
Despite the fact that mm-hmm. they had Reynolds and Samuel Jackson, Samuel Jackson, yeah. but Jackson is nice. Is nice to watch. Like, like, yeah, isn't? I, 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 I found it enjoyable. I found it enjoyable. You just have to be memorable or anything. You probably forget mm. most of the things. Like, yeah. like watching the three musketeers, the old, the old, old Kevin and the rest. Like, yeah, it's yeah. nice and all, but it probably just moved past the tears. Yes, but the way. Go on. Okay, go on. Go on. Mm. But well, then again, there are also movies where you can see like, oh yes, this so this this is what I'm moving at, but this is a masterpiece. Cause like I saw I saw Lincoln last week, cause I didn't see it was it came out eight years ago and it was uh, Danny De Lewis, and mm-hmm, uh, yes. when I watched, I was like, why has Danny De Lewis retired? Cause he he should be doing more things than this. Cause he's almost feels unfair that he has retired early on. Cause the, the, the film was a masterpiece and the acting. With Yardley Pace, James Spader, Tommy Lee Jones, as it was, it was an elite movie. The way I say it is for me, movies are more than just enjoyable for me. Like, the movie has to be top class for me. It doesn't, I'm not, I'm not just watching most of these movies for it to be enjoyable. Because, because I critique movies a lot. Like, the movie that you seems like, okay, I really love this movie, it was amazing. Might just be uh, blah to me or something. So I just don't want it to be enjoyable. If I'm watching a sitcom, I understand if I'm watching a sitcom. Even a sitcom, I'm still going to criticize the of a sitcom. So I feel like you have to find the balance. It has to be top notch. It has to be enjoyable at the same time. So you have to get it right. You have to get that fine line right. Acting has to be very good. Uh, production has to be very good. Costume on point, sound on point. The, the, the plot and the script has to be very good as well. Then whatever general it is of movie that you're offering, whatever genre, it has to be good as well. You have to get it spot on. So that is just the way I see it. It is more than just Star Wars is more than enjoyable for me. Avengers is more than enjoyable. So you have to find balance. You can't just be oh the movie was enjoyable, then every other thing about it was bad. I think anyway. most Marvel movies are mostly enjoyable and not really much because frankly you could tell I can, you, could, you could tear down many Marvel movies from a criticism point of view and bring out too many flaws in them. So I think like Marvel movies they can get the pass because cinematography is always spot on the costume, the transitions, the brilliance, the plot is they get they get too many things they get too many things right that they and they get wrong. So yes, yes. Obviously, but you can, you're not you're not going to watch a Marvel movie and be looking for a deep script like um, um, Shawshank Redemption. They are comics, definitely. They are storylines. So that's that's just hypocrisy. That's borderline hypocrisy. Anyway, thank you guys for joining us again tonight. Like, please don't forget to talk to us and I don't know, just do it. Share, talk, whatever it is that you guys like to do, just do it to us and listen and give us your feedback. Thank you for keep, um, pushing us stronger and for keeping us there. And please don't forget to stay safe. Thank you once again for joining um, joining me tonight, Kule. No problem. So we'll do this again. Yeah. Stay safe. Stay safe, everybody.